Welcome to the Art in the 48 podcast, your Arizona arts connection. I'm Craig Baumler. On this episode, we remember the legacy of Nina Simone and find out how the Arizona Theater Company will bring renewed life to Simone's words. Life is short, Nina Simone said. People are not easy to know. If you don't tell them how you feel, you're not going to get anywhere. No one could ever say Nina Simone didn't tell us how she felt. A classically trained pianist who mastered lounge music and jazz, she may be best known as a searingly powerful and unrestrained musical voice of America's civil rights movement. The force we would come to know as Nina Simone was born Eunice Kathleen Wayman, one of eight children in a poor family in North Carolina. Her mother was a Methodist minister and a housemaid. Her father battled ill health to make a living as a small business owner and handyman. Their daughter Eunice showed musical talent early and set her sights on a career as a concert pianist, a career that wouldn't happen despite her best efforts. She applied to the Curtis Institute of Music in her late teens, but her application was denied despite an excellent audition, a snub she would later attribute to racism. Eunice set about studying privately while working multiple jobs to support her piano lessons and her family. She told a biographer, When I was studying, there weren't any black concert pianists. My choices were intuitive, and I had the technique to do it. People have heard my music and heard the classic in it, so I have become known as a black classical pianist. But when the classical career didn't follow, Eunice was hired as a lounge pianist and singer in Atlantic City in the early 50s. That's the job that started her eventual career path and also brought about her name change. She didn't want her family to know she was making a living playing what they called the devil's music. So she had herself billed as Nina Simone. The name would stick, but the career was just beginning. Four years later, her recording of Gershwin's I Loves You Porgy was a hit and earned her a recording contract that resulted in Little Girl Blue. That album, a collection of standards and show tunes subtitled Jazz as Played in an Exclusive Side Street Club, brought Simone considerable attention and little else. The contract paid her only $3,000 and provided no reissue rights. But Little Girl Blue was only the start. Between that 1959 album and the most recent compilation in 2021, more than 100 Nina Simone albums have been released an astounding discography that so far has outlived the artist by nearly 20 years. My skin is black. The song, Four Women, released on Simone's 1966 album, Wild as the Wind, tells four stories, four brief biographical sketches that outline the desperate circumstances and despair African-American women have endured since before there even was an America. The song was received with controversy, as many believed it was perpetuating negative stereotypes about black women. However, these criticisms missed the point of the song, with the four characters, Aunt Sarah, Sephronia, 
Sweet Thing, and Peaches. Simone demonstrates that there is more to these women than the stereotypes they represent. While Four Women is just one of many songs Simone crafted to draw attention to the civil rights movement, those songs are only a fraction of her remarkable output. She was, after all, making her living primarily as a jazz pianist and singer. Through it all, Simone was difficult to categorize. She once told an interviewer she didn't want the title of jazz musician. She said, To most white people, jazz means black and jazz means dirt, and that's not what I play. I play black classical music. She told another, I wasn't a jazz player, but a classical musician, and I improvised arrangements of popular songs using classical motifs. Simone is revered not only as an exceptional artist, but as an advocate for civil rights. Her inspirational anthems are a testament to her unyielding voice for equality and commitment to social justice. A frequent performer at civil rights gatherings, Simone once described the protest songs as a political weapon that, she said, helped me for 30 years defend the rights of American blacks and third world people to move the audience to make them conscious of what has been done to my people around the world. While she never realized the classical music career she originally planned, Nina Simone ended up just where she was needed the most. She put it this way, It's an artist's duty to reflect the times in which we live. Tell us how we are doing or share about a local arts event you enjoyed. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Arizona PBS. We may give you a shout-out here on Art in the 48, your Arizona arts connection. Presenting everything from classical plays to contemporary works, the Arizona Theater Company seeks to bring Arizonans together by providing theatrical experiences which tell stories that are relevant in today's society. Their production of Nina Simone, Four Women, written by Christina Hamm, explores the turbulent times of the civil rights movement through the music and muse of Simone, offering audiences a moment to reflect on the social justice issues we still face today. Christina Hamm is a critically acclaimed playwright whose works have been performed worldwide. Since graduating from the University of Southern California, Hamm has received numerous honors, including a Jerome Fellowship from the Playwrights Center in Minneapolis, the Marianne Murphy Women and Philanthropy Award in Playwriting, and is a two-time recipient of the McKnight Fellowship in Playwriting. Her work centers around the civil rights movement with productions such as Ruby, the story of Ruby Bridges, West of Central, and the Watsons go to Birmingham. We were fortunate to have a conversation with her recently about her career and her play. I would say that I was introduced to theater in grade school, so I've always had an interest in it. I went to a private school where performance was a big part of what we did, even though it wasn't a performing arts school. And I also read a lot of plays as well. And as as a little kid, I I was a little sickly because I had tonsil issues. So I was home quite a bit because of that. And when I was in bed, I would create these little plays and skits for my dolls and stuffed animals. So I guess I was always interested in it, but it didn't become official until I went to grad school. 
Um, I had been living and working in Minneapolis for 10 years. And while I was there in 2015, I was approached by uh, then artistic director of Park Square Theater, Richard Cook, and an actress uh, named Regina Marie Williams, who had been doing a cabaret show of Nina's songs in North Minneapolis. And when I met with her and Richard after doing some preliminary research on Nina, I told them the take that I wanted to do. Nina's distinct shift from artist to activist after the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church. I know that she had called that her road to Damascus moment, and it seemed like this was a singular moment when she had really pinned down what her purpose was as an artist, which seemed very powerful to me. Also happened that my mom's family went to that church in Birmingham as well. So it was also super personal to me. So that's how it started. It ended up becoming a play with music and the songs that I chose were the songs that spanned from when she started in the church, like Sinner Man, for example, which is a gospel song, to songs that she actually wrote that weren't necessarily covers. And the songs that I picked were after uh, the timeline of the bombing. Um, they're kind of out of order in terms of when they were actually written because of the time frame of the play is like in a, kind of in a singular moment. So there's a bit of a cheat there, but it was more important that they were during the period when she had shifted out of covering songs like Pirate Jenny and that sort of thing to writing her own music. And Brown Baby is the only exception because she had stated about her performance of that in the past, that it was the closest she got to a protest song. Well, I hope that they get to know a little bit more about Nina and her journey specifically. Um, I would say it was interesting, like I grew up in a family that listened to jazz music quite a bit. And I was always surprised at how many people didn't actually know Nina Simone. I know there's documentaries now and that sort of thing, but those hadn't necessarily come out uh, when I had written the play. It's what I hope, anyway. And that they're entertained, honestly. They'll learn a little something, but they're entertained. The last few plays that I've done um, had actually been because of things that I learned myself um, as an as a teacher and a professor of Black theater history. Um, so things that have kind of started to obsess me in my work are things like um, how the Abbey Theater had toured the United States at the turn of the century and how that helped to inform Black theater as we currently know it, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. And also um, the event in Elaine, Arkansas, that um, Ida B. Wells had reported on that I knew nothing about in terms of the massacre that had happened there. Those are things that 
literally were footnotes in preparation for classes that I was teaching on um, theater history. And it just kind of stuck with me in a way where I'm like, I want to dig into this further and do a play on these things. Well, I think for me, I guess I'm an activist in terms of being a writer on the page. I haven't necessarily been out in the streets protesting, but I feel like it definitely is our duty. And for myself, I feel a responsibility of really telling stories that do reflect where we are at the time. And not just in drama, but also if there's a way to make it funny where it's a bit more palatable for people. I just think that we're at a time where truths need to be told and also they can still be entertaining. There's no replicating theater and the live experience and how each performance is just so different and unique from the night before. Whereas TV, once you shoot it or film, that's the cut that they use and there's, it's not going to vary that much unless there's edits done to the scene. So it's tough, honestly. I love them both for very different reasons. I just wrapped uh, working on season four of Westworld, so that's going to be out there. And I just found out before I got on this interview that the show that I worked on for Amazon, Them, we were nominated for a Writers Guild Award. That's huge. That's about it. I, I would just love for everyone to stay safe out there. And um, if you're able to see Nina, we'd love to see you there. Thanks to Christina Ham for spending time with us. Check out her website at christinaham.com. Also, thanks to Arizona Theatre Company for coordinating this interview. For more info about their upcoming productions, visit arizonatheater.org. I'm Craig Baumler. Please join us next time for Art in the 48, your Arizona Arts Connection. <laughs>